In-depth journalism in the Memphis community, The Daily Memphian is of Memphis, not just in Memphis, and seeks to tell the stories of this city. TheDailyMemphian.com. Truth in place. Welcome to the 10th edition of the Daily Miffian Grizzlies podcast, where we're just sitting around waiting for trades. I'm Chris Harrington. I've got two first-time guests this week. One is Kevin Leip, a Daily Miffian co-worker and former Grizzlies writer for the Memphis Flyer who went into a self-imposed hoops exile this season. He thought he was out, but we have pulled him back in. Say hi to everybody, Kevin. I, I, I'm never actually out of it. That's what I've discovered. <laughs> and our other guest is um, joining us in the Daily Memphian offices for the first time is the current Grizzlies writer for the Memphis Flyer who also produces the excellent Outsiders podcast with his partner Cam Rose. It's Anthony Sane. What's up, Anthony? Man, Chris, what's up, bro? Good. Th- thanks for joining us down here. Good to be here, Chris. Y- you've welcomed me into your, your podcast lair a few times, so yes, I had returned the favor Which is also my home. So this, this is true. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll, there's some stuff that you've written about you've got, or mm-hmm. you've tweeted about I want to ask you about, but let's get into the, right. sort of the topic of the day first, like the trade deadline, right? It's a week away. Mm-hmm. What do we think is happening? What do we want to happen? I'm going to throw up the jump ball and let you guys fight for it. Well, I think that they're definitely going to make a move or two. Um, I'm not the person who thinks that uh, the Grizzlies will like get better over the next few days, and they'll start having, um, they'll start getting emotional and want to change their minds about trading Mark and Mike. I think they're. I think the second half against Denver stopped that. Yeah, right? it, I, I, it was actually funny. Me and uh, Cam um, did a uh, a phone a recorded phone conversation on our Patreon. Shout out to our Patreon too. Uh, patreon.com slash outside of but yeah there we go <laughs> we had uh we had a recorded phone conversation uh where because cam had called me that day and he was like well it's looking good uh this is what i thought might, might happen the grids might start playing better they got some bad teams coming up uh, i think that you know they may end up keeping mike and mark i was like dude no like like let let what's going to happen happen so i called him in the fourth quarter early in the fourth quarter i said bro we're gonna lose this game i think we we're up by like 16. And it just started melting down, and me and him just had the funniest phone conversation, and we recorded it, just me laughing my butt off about the collapse that you saw against. I didn't, you know, we, we've gotten so used to the Grizzlies collapse, as people mm-hmm. are sort of fatalistic about it. I really didn't think that was happening until it happened. Oh, much. I saw it. They I, were up eleven with four minutes to go, and even at that point, it was like this is getting cute. But like, mm-hmm. I didn't think they were going to actually lose the game. But it did sort of throw throw cold water on like the idea. And I actually, I am still not at the point where I feel like it's a necessity to trade Gasol and Conley. Mm-hmm. But the idea of like being persuaded by by you know on court things recently of keeping them, I think, is pretty much out the window. Well, I, I think they should. Um, I think they definitely should let those two guys go. Well, they definitely should trade those two. Uh, I'm in season. Yeah, in season. Yeah. Regardless of obviously, it requires a certain level of 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 return. But but you you think the the thing to do is if you can get any level of decent return, mm-hmm. you think it's time to go. Yeah, let's let's just go ahead and. Go our separate ways. What about you? But Kevin? I think they should have been done a long time ago. So. You think it's overdue? Yeah, yeah. I, I'm especially for Gasol. I think it's overdue too. I mean, I've been. They should have traded Gasol two years ago if they were going to trade him. I think. Um, you know, he's his value has only gone down every year since right. then. Um, I mean, I understand why they didn't at the time. It made sense for them not to at the time. Um, I don't. I don't. I'm not with. I'm not all the way that I think they should trade him before the deadline. But I don't. I don't think it makes any sense to have him on the team next year. I mean, yeah, I, I don't. I do not think Gasol will be on this team next season. Um, and I thought that a couple weeks ago. Yeah, 
Um, I thought it would wait until the summer on both of them. Um, now I think that they will make moves that they can get the right deals. I think Gasol is more likely to move than Conley. Yeah. But what do we make of – I think we all agree that, it, you know, building around Jaron Jackson is what we're doing now, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so on one level, you need to start adding young talent that grows with him – on the other level, you have to sort of develop him, and that's going to require some level of veterans probably to help him out, particularly at point guard and the other big positions. Is there, you know, how, how do you balance those things? Is keeping Gasol and Conley con- even conducive to Jaron Jackson Jr.'s development? It depends on the coach, for one, right? I mean, who's who's he going to play with in terms of who's he actually going to be on the court with? How much is he actually going to be on the court what are they going to be doing? Well, right? let's, let's I mean, assume he's going to have a new coach. He's going to play a lot more <laughs> right. next season. I mean, it, seems, it seems like a safe assumption, but, right. you know, I, I I do think it depends on that. Yeah. What do you think, Anthony? Well, I don't um, – of course, it's the coach. Of course, you can say that, you know, JB should, you know, run more stuff for uh, Jaron to be more intentional about developing him. But I think that Mark and Mike get too much of a pass as far as Jaron's lack of development or lack of – I think I think that they play a key part in it. I mean, they're on the court with Jaren. I mean, so <laughs> this is the alley oop pass I was tossing. Right. About. It's yeah. just it, it's kind of frustrating because I see a lot of stuff, and I got an article coming out soon. That I'm gonna write about how uh, a lot of people the kind of refrain is just, you know, Mark and Mike aren't being done right, and I'm, I just I just can't get with any of it because I'm like, bro, there's I see obvious times where Mark and Mike are treating Jaren like he's Ivan Rab or he's Jarrell Martin or. Whoever, I mean, you're talking about a guy who's probably, if not the best, the second best rookie in this class, and it's like we're treating him like he's a project. Like this is the guy who could easily be the second or third best scorer on the team, and I don't think Mike and Mark have done enough to to uh, involve him into what they're trying to do, because the whole point of bringing Mark back, Mark and Mike back this year, and and and, and keeping the thing together and doing the new G and G or whatever they were trying to do was to try to be as good as possible. I don't think they're doing as much as they could have done to be as good as possible. Let's yeah. take them one at a time because I think there's issues with both Mark and Mike relative mm-hmm. to Jaron. But l- let's start with Mike. I-, I think the idea of like Jaron Jackson being helped along by a veteran point guard is who knows what he's doing. It's mm-hmm. like the right idea. Right. But I've been disappointed at the lack of interaction on the floor I've seen between Mike Conley and Jaron Jackson Jr., right? It's crazy. Well, Mike, Mike thinks he's the guy, right? I mean, Mike, the last – whatever since since the Fisdale year right has been the guy right that was his year that he really came out of his shell and came into his own as a scorer as like the primary guy he carried that team right it wasn't Gasol that carried that team right and you know I think ever since then I've barely watched the Grizzlies this year this is the disclaimer on everything I said (laughs) but you know but I have watched them and I have watched them for freaking every night for eight years right right right. like uh, that's he he's not going to step aside for a rookie it doesn't matter it could be you know I think it's partly that it's partly that we, you know, we talked about sort of the generation gap stuff at the at the start of the season, and it sort of it was a fun thing on media day. Mm-hmm. I think it's become a thornier thing in season, right? But part mm-hmm. of it, and I'll you know credit you, Anthony, you and Cam talk about this a lot more so than other people have, and it's true. Mike Conley is a is a good point guard, but he is not a high level. He he is not Jason Kidd mm-hmm. as a as a floor vision guy, as a setup mm-hmm. guy. He is primarily a scorer who can sort of manage the game and score, but he is not the guy who's going to get the most out of, you know, he has a certain chemistry of Mike Mark Gasol that's been developed over years, but the idea that he is the guy who's going to be best able to get Jaron Jackson in the right spots and deliver the right passes in the right spots, mm-hmm. that is not really, that's not the, the core quality of Mike Conley at this point. Right. He's always been a, like a 
more of an all-around player than a than a quote unquote point guard, right? I mean, he as scores a, pa- a little, defends a little. As a passer it. and a court vision guy, he's sort of average. Like yeah. he's more of an average kind of talent. He's not he's not the elite setup Rondo kid, Rubio, right. whatever kind of point guard. Never has been. And mm-hmm. right, we've seen that a lot this year, more more so than ever. In the uh, middle of his uh, vote for me All Star here campaign. <laughs> in, in, in terms of Gasol, I, I think it's been a, l- a little bit less of a problem with Gasol, at least on the floor. Um, I have actually more questions off the floor in that one, but I do think the you know when when J- when J- when Jackson got drafted, all the you know the smart NBA opinion was well he has to be a center, you got to play him at center, mm-hmm. and the Grizzlies internally were like well maybe in a couple years, but not right now, and mm-hmm. I think they've been proven right about that. Right. So the idea of having a bigger center who can bang with the big bodies and who can also stretch the floor and give Jaron space, I think that all works. And I think we've seen some good high-low stuff with him and Gasol, but I don't think we've seen the um, the sort of chemistry and warmth and rapport that you would want from that sort of big brother, little brother mm-hmm. scenario you were hoping would happen. Right. I don't. I, not. I don't think they dislike each other, but I don't see. There has, it hasn't been an easy kind of fit. Right. I, it feels like okay. I'm I, one's moving in. That means I'm moving out, and not I'm embracing us. Like I'm. I'm the guy bringing you along. I don't think that's what it's been. Yeah, and this. Um, it's evident. I mean, you can see it on the court. You see it in the box score. Uh, you can see from things you hear from the locker room that, like I said, I, I was one of the main people who defended. You know, keeping things together, trying to be as good as you can be this year to convey the Boston pick, whatever you're trying to do. And Mike and Mark just haven't done their their part to me. And it just – it frustrates me to see, like, these last few games, like, Mark's, like, playing out of his mind. And I'm like, bro, like, that's what we – you know, a little bit more of that would have been great, you know, (laughs) eight games ago. You know what I mean? So I think what we've seen with Mark is that he is still capable of being elite but his body and his mind both have to be right mm. at the same time. And the question yeah. is, like, how many games in a season at this point are you going to get where he feels good and his mind is in the right frame, right? right? When but, you get both of those things, you get, like, that, that first half against Denver, the triple-double against Charlotte. Like, mm. he's capable, but he's got he's to be focused mentally and, 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 you know, well physically. And we just haven't seen both of those things aligned enough, right. I don't think. And I don't think you will. Those. You will. You won't see it. I mean, Marcus, we're talking about somebody who's 30, what, 34, 34 not 24. You know what I mean? Right. So, well, but he's, not, I mean, what was the last year where he was actually mentally and physically right? It probably was a contract. It yeah. probably was a contract. Yeah. I mean, you know, <laughs> because for, even if he's physically fine, I mean, he's, he's tearing his jerseys right. and he's pouting, you know, I mean, he, he's never been able to really, other than maybe like contract year. Yeah. Before he got his max deal, the defensive player of the year season, he's never actually been able to string together. Mm-hmm very many seasons where he's got it together. As know? far as the him and Jaron thing, there was something I noticed. And I, I didn't write about it. I haven't written about it. I haven't talked about it. So this will be a first. But something I noticed the last game, the game against Denver, um, it was sort of a small little thing. In the pregame, after the, the starting lineup announcements, you know, they all come out. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're clapping hands. And, and the starting lineup is done. And the sort of the little celebration you do before the game starts, right? So everyone's in a circle. And Jaron and Javon Carter are in the middle of the circle, right? And they have right. this new routine they've come up with. And mm-hmm. they're doing, like, this slow, like, freeze frame kind of dance. And then they erupt in sort of like a mosh pit between the two of them. Everyone's jumping around them. Right. And I watched Mark Gasol during this. And it was such, like, a dad kind of thing where he looked like, <laughs> okay, this is what we're doing. I'm going to try to participate. But he wasn't. He was sort of mm-hmm. wincing at the same time. And it had the feeling of, like, this is not my thing anymore. You know, <laughs> like, 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 I came out last in, in, the, in the announcements. But... Mm-hmm. It's not really mine anymore, right. and, and I, it, that feels like 
It felt like sort of almost a passing of the torch moment to me a little bit. I wish I had a saw that, Chris. <laughs> Sorry. Because <laughs> the way you described yeah. the dances, it probably was something totally different than what you described. Well, I, I, I mean, we're on a podcast. I can sort of mimic a little bit. But um, right. Is that dance from Fortnite? Right. What you described as a mosh pit was probably like some dance that's a pretty popular dance. I, I, I am a... I'm a forty-something white guy who grew up yeah, going, yeah. Who grew, going to punk rock shows at the Antenna. So yeah, I, I, good, my I my connotation is is mosh, I right? Um, <laughs> banging your bodies against each other aggressively. How about that? <laughs> In a non-sexual manner, right? Uh, <laughs> Make sure you put that part out, there. right? So one of the reasons I, I pulled Kevin in here when I when I brought you in is because I thought it'd be funny to do a free three faces of Flyer Grizz blog mm-hmm. podcast. So congratulations to you, Anthony, on being the, the new Grizzlies writer. Thank you, Chris. With a flyer yeah. on top of the other stuff you were already doing. Yes. I was the first Grizzlies writer. Not really the first. I was the first full-time Grizzlies writer at the Memphis Flyer. Mm-hmm. Kevin took over the blog um, after I left it. We had to pour some some Ozarka bottled water out for Matt Preston, who had it very briefly <laughs> mm-hmm. in the interim. But we, we He's got like the uh, the uh, what was the guy who did Honor Majesty's Secret Servants? It was like George Lazenby, the single movie James. Okay, Brown. no clue what you're talking about. <laughs> I I talked to somebody last night who will remain nameless, and I said I told them that this is what I was going to do for the podcast today. Yeah. And I made the the three faces of Flyer Grizzblog joke, and the person I talked to made that exact same joke. <laughs> he he asked if Matt was going to be. I said no. He's like, oh, he's the George Lazenby. Yeah, George Lazenby was the guy who played James Bond once. Oh, okay, in one gotcha. movie. Gotcha. And I liked I liked that comparison because that made me the Sean Connery of the group, and I think that's a pretty, that's pretty good. You're, that makes you the Roger Moore. Yeah, I'm okay and, with that. And, and, okay and with Anthony that. be whoever he wants to be. After no, what's that. the what's the black guy's name? Who's uh, Idris Elba? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You're the first. You're yeah, the first, the first black James Bond. Yeah, yeah that's what we do. So, Kevin, do you do you do you do you miss the you miss basketball? Not not even a little bit. No, no. <laughs> I, I haven't. I mean, I know that I will, and I know that I'm going to come back to at least watching it. But I just I didn't even realize like how just sick of it I was until I quit doing it. So you haven't, you haven't seen nothing Jaren's done, like, outside of a highlight? You've never seen I've watched, seen. like, three games. Uh. Jared Jackson has not inspired any haiku from you. No, he you, hasn't. you were famous for doing haiku, haiku game, game notes. Yeah, I was doing those. I was doing those at Straight Out of Vancouver because the section was called Straight Out of Haikuver. Um, <laughs> what? It's like this 2012, circa 2012 or so. Mm. All right. So, Anthony, you call yourself an outsider, but now yes. you're an insider. No, you're, I'm not. You're writing for a credentialed <laughs> – uh, media publication. They, I'm still the outside. So how do you balance those two things? I mean, because I, I don't. That's a good. That's a perfectly acceptable <laughs> answer. It's an interesting one. Right. Do you, I mean, you do have more latitude. I, Kevin and I can both attest mm-hmm. writing for an alt weekly than for most publications. For sure. In terms of having a personal voice and right. like putting whatever you have into it. I mean, I think we were both able to develop non-traditional voices writing writing for the flyer. Mm-hmm. Um. And so, do you see what you're doing with the flyers an extension of what you're doing on the podcast, or yeah. how do you how do you see it? Yeah, it is because you know Bruce just kind of lets me. This is Bruce Van Weingarten, the editor yeah. over there. He just kind of lets me do me. He knows what comes with the package of me that I might say might do anything on Twitter or on a podcast. So, and I'm trying to tone it down today because. I'm not at home, so I'm you don't not, have to tone it down. We, we have certain language restrictions, right, but other than that, right. you can say whatever you want. Right. That's 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 where y'all, that's why y'all hearing these pauses so much because I'm replacing <laughs> words I normally would say with with, with more we, civilized words. We don't, I don't have any Corona in front of me today, so I'm just kind of yeah. Going. We, we don't we don't do the Corona here at the Daily Memphis offices. Yeah. We do the the bottle the bottle water. Like, maybe yeah. we should, maybe we'll, we'll we'll have a meeting on, on that subject. We'll yeah. think about it. Yeah, but it's like um, I really appreciate the things that Bruce does. Um, I wrote a piece where. Um, for MLK Day, where I kind of that's on my list of what I was going to ask you about. So let's talk about it. Yeah, I, I wrote a piece. I want to talk about how 
you know, the, the, the Grizzlies, um, the whole MLK celebration, and the city of Memphis all have some room for growth. And, um, you know, you kind of get nervous because I've never written anything like that for the Flyer yet. So right. I told Bruce, I said, hey, Bruce, I'm writing some ML for MLK. And I said, you know, just want to remind you, just want to remind people that I'm black. And he said, hey, you're black? And I said, yeah. He said, oh, crap, I didn't know that before we, had, you know, he was, <laughs> we were joking around. <laughs> so I sent him a picture of my arm. He's like, oh, man, you're black for real. He said, let me make some adjustments. I'm like, okay, yeah. So, but yeah, um, <laughs> just in that piece, just want to remind people because even – even as a media member um, for the team, I've been covering the Grizzlies forever, whether it be independently or for the Flyer or whatever I'm doing. Um, and, you know, you encounter stuff, you know what I mean? Because, like, I make jokes on Twitter about how how it's hard sometimes just to clear security, you know what I mean? Like, there's right. been times where <laughs> I've came to an event as a media member and I have saw, had people stop me at security and I saw non-black guys walk through with no problem like okay you just let that guy he like blogs for somebody like you know <laughs> you know but he just he just followed other guys in and you're stopping me right. and like i talked about in in the actual story how um you know it's been times where you, you're sitting with you're sitting with people that are opposite race of you and you're high-fiving or whatever and then when you walk into your car that same person like forgets the high fives and they're like clutched up and clutching the purses and running to unlock their doors it's like i do we were just cheering for Zebo, like what happened? <laughs> you know what I mean? right. So, you know, that's that's a real thing in Memphis, man. Memphis is still a, a very much divided city. Still a lot of weird ways of thinking here. Um, I joked with somebody about how, if you're on a dating app, how you can pretty much guess which person of another race is gonna right swipe you back. You can look at, okay, she's not gonna right swipe. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> it's just, I, I want to get back specifically weird. to the MLK game, mm -hmm. but but what you're talking about is beyond bigger than that. When you mm -hmm. talk about like the reading for Zebo thing, right? right. Mm -hmm. And this is something I've written about in the past. I'm actually going to write about again if they trade Mike and Mark because mm -hmm. I I've been saving my goodbyes till somebody actually leaves, right? right? And you know, something when the, when the era of those four players is finally over, and it could be over next week if they trade them both, right? We everyone like to talk about those four players as representing the city, right? Mm -hmm. Like this is a some mirror of who we are. And I I came to find I've written this before and I'll write it again that that's sort of too much self flattery. We yes. want to we want to think that that's what we are. Mm -hmm. But to me, what they really were were aspirational figures. They right. they presented an image of what we could be I'm and glad what you're we going should there, be. I'm right? Because I was definitely going there. Yeah, that's the whole point of sports, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah, uh, that's. It's just this that, idea of like yeah. you know not only the black and white but the the, the class things too. You know, mm -hmm. Tony and Zach came from sort of harder backgrounds. Mm -hmm. Mark and Mike both came from very privileged backgrounds. Mm -hmm. This idea of of sort of friendship and community across racial lines, across class lines, it makes people feel good to say that represents us. But really, it's sort of like you know it's more of a goal than, mm -hmm. than a reflection, right? And, and I'll say something. You know, I don't really care about what people say in response to things that I say, but. I think that a lot of people in Memphis looked at Tony and Zebo as reclamation projects that that we could take credit for. I mean, like when I say we, I exclude myself, and I'll let y'all take, I'll let y'all, <laughs> I'll let y'all make translate that however you want. But we were probably we were probably the two other basketball media members in Memphis who are least likely to uh, refer to them as reclaimed. I think. <laughs> right. I don't know. I mean, there's right. some of the that. Record. There's some right. of that pretty widespread. But yeah, it's just you know, um, just like we talk about, just going back to the whole Mark and Mike thing, like you know, sending them off the right way or, or treating them the right way. Zebo and Tony weren't treated the way. Yeah. Like they they went through the whole season thinking they were just going to come back and resign. And that's a good point. That never happened. I mean, they they had no idea that the Grizzlies didn't want to bring them back. And how were they done the right way? You know what I mean? So 
you know. There's a good chance none of those four end up leaving on their own terms, mm-hmm. right? And, right. And, and and that's typically the way it works, right, historically. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that was interesting to me is the first game that um, Mark Gasol, and I'm going to get back to the MLK game, but the first game that Mark Gasol Mike Conley played after the trade news came out was against Charlotte. You know who was on the floor? Tony Parker in a Hornets uniform. Exactly. Right? And that Which is, still looks super weird. It does. Right. And so maybe one of them could or maybe will be the Dirk of Memphis, but it's more likely they're the Tony Parker of Memphis, right? Mm-hmm. And you end up going on when you don't necessarily want to. Right. And if you think about it, even Dirk is definitely an anomaly. I mean, look at how many guys, even like, look at how many guys were in his class that played for different teams. I mean, Kobe was like, well, Kobe was in his class, right? No. Um, I, I don't remember. Yeah. It may, may have been one year difference. You're talking about one guy out of, since, since then who's been with the same team the whole time. Dirk, so. In terms of the MLK game specifically, I mean, I, I don't think Martin Luther King Day game is about basketball, and I've said that mm-hmm. on Jeff Calkins' show every year when we talk about it. But I, I like that the Grizzlies do have a national TV game that day. I like that it, it, it becomes an event. Is there part of what I got out of what you wrote and what I've heard you talk about on the podcast is – You didn't hear the, the, the Chris Bosh stuff, did you? Yeah, we're not going to talk about oh, that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that, 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 that is going to – that goes beyond our – All right, um, yeah, we're going to leave that one alone. There's okay. one aspect of that I'll talk about, though, not, okay. the one, not what you're referring to. I think I know where you're going, but go ahead. There, there's, it's become a thing where now it's just like we just invite any famous basketball right. player. We ran out of people. And, and it becomes like, you know, we talk about their charitable work, which is great, but like every player is a foundation. Mm-hmm. Um. And it sort of you get away from what like this question of what's the message of this thing supposed to be, right? Mm-hmm. It's not just here's a bunch of famous basketball players that have foundations. It should be players who have something specific to say, right? Who went through something, right? Yeah. Or or involved in something, mm-hmm. you know? Beyond that, is that? I mean, that's sort of I don't want to put words in your mouth, yeah, but that's, that's my, that's yeah, my that's sense. That's where I'm at too. Just bring back Oscar Robinson, man. Just, <laughs> every year, every year, just just do that because his story had me like, oh, good lord, right? But yeah, um, speaking, you mentioned a minute ago about things you tweet. You tweeted, you tweeted a hot take today that, that oh, I, I want to bring up. Yeah, it's oh. not it's not that hot. It's oh. a, a lukewarm take, but one you know I think. I it's tweeted from about. the bathroom at work, so I don't really, <laughs> I can't really remember. But. <laughs> the 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 news of the day for the Grizzlies is not about a trade. It's about Jaron Jackson Jr. making the Rising Stars game. Which isn't that, everyone isn't that great knew would happen. It's great though. Like yeah, have a guy he's probably going to start. He's going to start in the Rising I think he Stars. will. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Probably you, you like possible MVP candidate. Man. It's dope. Man. You don't like the format. No, no, not at all. It's stupid. Like. Explain to us what the format is and why it's stupid. Did you think I don't know what the format is? No, the, the oh, people okay. listening may not know what the format <laughs> okay. is. I'm not explaining well, to you. Okay, Haven't you yeah. explained to people okay. listening? It's basically they take uh, <laughs> they take the rookies and sophomores, first year, second year players, uh, and they break them as far as who's like born in the United States, and they play them against a world team as far as guys who aren't from the United States. It's like, bro, just put the. Rookies and soft, let the rookies play the sophomores and quit the weird stuff. Because what's going to happen a year that you don't have any good international players? Then you're like making guys from Canada go play for the world team, man. We're, we're, we're really leading hard on yeah, Canada these crazy, days. It's crazy, bro. Like, it's like they got, they got all the Canadian dudes playing for the world team. Like these dudes play college basketball in America. Like, it's just like it's just like I'm gonna say Drake is an international rapper. Like, what are we talking about? It's Someone just, played high school basketball in America. It's, right? it's, it's weird, man. You have the same problem you have with the All Star Game generally, right? Like, you go, you can only have so many players, or you have to have so many players, and like so many good players are in the West, and there's people in the well, East. Well, I, I will say I, I agree with your take, but I don't entirely agree with the reasoning because you can have the same problem with the rookie versus sophomore if like one class is so mm-hmm. much better than the other, and like someone may get left out, someone observing. I just think it's more compelling to pit rookies versus sophomores than to pit U.S. versus the world to right. me. Well, just well, do, do it this way then. Let Ben Simmons have a team and let Luca have a team and just pick from the guys from first year and second year and just go play basketball. Like, I don't want to see Bogdan's 
and I don't want to I don't want to see that crap. Just put everybody together and 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 go play basketball, man. It's just like the way it was good enough for Penny. It should be good enough for these guys. Do we like that with the All Star game? The captains picking teams. I think that's goofy too, but I don't like it. Do you like it, Kevin? No, I don't like it either. Do you like anything these days that relates to basketball? <laughs> right. Do you like basketball, Kevin? <laughs> I like. Uh, I've watched. I've actually watched a lot of Tigers, and I usually never oh, watch Tigers. So you know. Yeah. Um, no, she, I. I she's one of these people who's more into Tyler Harris and Jaron Jackson. That's a sore subject with them. <laughs> I've always that liked probably it. be so bad when I guess it. <laughs> I've always actually liked the All Star Game. Um, I mean, it's it's dumb, but if you just take it for what it is, which is yeah. like the best basketball players in the world trying to score three hundred points on each other with without playing defense, like I've always really just liked watching the All Star Game. Mm. I definitely think picking teams was a bad idea. Just, I like the All Star Game better when everyone wore their own team's uniforms. Like yeah, every good color, you color and whites, um, but I don't like the All Star uniforms. I like with seeing like the different logos and the different team colors mm. on the floor. I I don't I don't I'm not that into the All Star Game. I like yeah. I I like DVRing All Star Saturday Night and turning the three hour broadcast into about thirty five minutes. Yeah, right. that's what I like. That's fun too. That's I mean, I, I, I think of all the professional sports leagues, it's the best. I mean, who what? Nobody watches a Pro right. Bowl. Who cares about baseball? Okay. I mean, it's definitely the best like All Star right. of, of the four major. Because an NBA All Star Game, you can really see how ridiculously talented these guys really are. Yeah. Stuff that they're not going to do in the game, like as far as. Handling the ball, and you just see them do. You just see them just show how incredibly talented they are, and you don't really see that. You're not going to see a guy like you know, put the bat between his legs and hit a home run. And, and all. I mean, it's, right. <laughs> I mean, so um, I just I like it because of that, just the flair and the showmanship you mm-hmm. see. They haven't announced the slam dunk participants, have they? I don't think they have. No, I don't think. So. What, I don't what, think DJ Stevens is in. <laughs> He's got to be, be on the NBA <laughs> roster, right? Um, what one of my one of my thoughts was, you know. I think it would be funny. Well, Craig Hodges was in a three-point contest. Was he not on a roster? No, he was at the house. <laughs> like for real, go look it up. Like he wasn't, he wasn't in the league. That, he was that, that should be the U.S. versus yeah. the world. There should be guys in the league versus guys at yeah, the house. Yeah, guys at the house. <laughs> Some of these competitions. <laughs> I, I had the idea of like it'd be funny to me if like Mike Conley got traded to Dallas for Dennis Smith Jr. and Marcus All got traded to Charlotte for Miles Bridges, and the Grizzlies had two guys in the slam dunk contest all of a sudden. Oh yeah, that'd be great. Nice. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> They've never had slam dunk, have they? Rudy Gay. Oh, Ru- that's Rudy, right. Rudy that's was right. in it. Was Stro was ever in it? Stro- I think Stro might have been I think Stro was in it once. Rudy was terrible to you. He was in it. He was I really bad. That. I remember that now. I t- I blocked that out of my mind. I yeah. don't think they've ever had a three-point. Have they? Was Mike Miller maybe? Yeah, in it yeah, was, yeah. Uh, I want to say like Wesley Person or somebody. Was in oh, that was, you're going way back with yeah. the Wesley Person. Wesley Person would be bad in the three-point shootout because he had such arc on the shot that it takes like 10 seconds yeah. for it to leave his hand and find the rim, right? right? Okay, if you had to put someone from the girls' current Grizzlies roster in one of these All Star things, like who who would you put? Um, I haven't even thought about it. I'm putting you guys. I would on the put spot. I would put Jaron in the skill competition just because I know he would probably do something so wacky. That I like the big men in the skill competition. Yeah, actually, I put Jaron in the skill competition. You wouldn't put Ivan Rab in the skill. competition? No, I wouldn't. <laughs> It'd probably take him an hour to get from one end of the court to dribble through the cones. It'd probably take Kyle him. Anderson in the skills competition. Oh would man, be fun. Don't, you just reminded me of the funniest, bro. That I gotta find somebody. He had to make a shot at the end, and that'd bro, go bad unless that, he was stepping on the um on out of bounds baseline. Then maybe yeah, he could bro. make it. That 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 clip from the other night had me in tears watching how that was tears, a bad of, 10 tears of, of, of of laughter. Yeah, it was horrible. He had three shots and two rebounds in seven seconds. You got to be moving pretty fast to do all that, right? <laughs> man, that's a Zach Randolph stat. I'm a Kyle Anderson guy, but that that last sequence, man, was hilarious. It it, it hurt. It, it was so cringeworthy just to see him. Yeah, I like Kyle Anderson too. I love and, Kyle. Anderson. And there's some thought that like 
you can't, and you saw it's one game, so you sort of saw it on the floor mm-hmm. at the end, but this idea you can't have him on the floor at the end of the game because he can't shoot, and do you want to have a starter and spend that much money on a guy who can't shoot? I thought that, I think that was a good signing. I would do it all over again. Yeah. For all, all the all the you know the criticism this front office has gotten, that's a move I would do all over again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're not paying him that much money. I mean, it's too level. expensive for us. Yeah, for a starter, who cares? I just want some Memphis barbers to get a really get a hold of his head and just <laughs> just get him right though. So, how many players that are currently on the roster will be gone after the deadline? Uh, I think up to well. It could be a lot, man, because you might. You I think might, it could be half the roster. Yeah, because you got to get rid of some other guys just to just to make numbers work. Like, you're probably looking at maybe minimum four. I'm thinking minimum four, maximum seven. That's a lot of dudes, though, man. That is a lot of dudes. Kevin has not spent time on the trade machine. Hey, Kevin don't even know who plays with. <laughs> That's what we should we should do. We should, who yeah. he played for? Right. Who, 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 who still plays for the Grizzlies? Yeah. Right. Now I do know who's on the roster. Probably don't test that. Um, Deontay Davis. I, I, <laughs> here, is he here or gone? Don't make me cry. Don't make me cry. I miss Deontay. I built a room for him at my house. Oh, no, man. Um, <laughs> I still, I mean, just kind of from watching from the Twitter, from following on Twitter and, and reading like the ringer, I, I'm not, I don't think they move these guys before the deadline. I just don't think the, I don't think the value is going to be there. I don't think they're going to do it. I think they'll try to move them this summer. Here's the problem to me. I think ideally there's like half the roster gone. But I think the Anthony Davis thing could tighten up the market and make it harder to make a big trade. I think the Grizzlies, it's hard for the Grizzlies to make a small trade before they know whether or not they can make mm-hmm. the big trade. Because whoever you're trading in a small trade, you may need them in a Marcus R. Mike Conley trade. You may right. need to, to attach them. So you're sort of in limbo with that until you know what's happening with Mike or Mark. I think they want to do, even if they don't move Mike or Mark, they got to do something because they're too close to the luxury tax and they still want to sign Bruno Caboclo and do some other stuff. So at the bare minimum, I think you're trading one of these expirings and probably, heaven forbid, attaching another second-round pick mm-hmm. or money or whatever to them just to create financial space. I think somebody's gone. I think one way or another, Jermichael's going to be gone and Shelvin Mack's going to be gone. Because mm-hmm. I, I think I think the people who are making decisions probably don't want to see them play anymore. I think Jermichael's probably more likely than, than Mike and Mark, which kind of says something. But. What do you think about Garrett Temple? You think he's going to be? I as hope a, they as trade a person or uh, I like him as a person. <laughs> the at the I hope they trade him so they don't resign him. Yeah, because I think. Yeah, man. <laughs> you, 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 that's too, too painful. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I mean, I, Garrett Temple's fine, but he's been overtaxed. He shouldn't be a starter playing thirty minutes. No, that's shouldn't. the problem. We try to make him into like. Um, he should have been like the Vince Carter, like yeah. fifteen minutes, good in the locker room guy. We try to make him um, like. Evangelical Courtney Lee, and it's not really who he is. Even that's good, Evangelical Courtney Lee. All right, we're gonna wrap this up. Um, I would, I would, Kevin, I would say for people, you to tell people where to find you, but you don't, you just, you don't no. want to be found. You just I'm, want to go hide in your office I'm, here at the Daily Memphian. I'm laying low. <laughs> um, Anthony, um, hit us with your deets before we leave. Oh crap! You can find me at Santa Asylum at Flyer Grizz Blog. You can find me on the outside. One Z, one so Z weird. on Flyer Grizz. Yeah, one Z. I, I kind of want to go in there and change it, but like you should the, do it, like on the slick, like and don't let nobody know I did. Um. What else? You can find me in the Outsiders podcast on SoundCloud, and more so on Patreon. I don't know the. the I said it earlier. That's probably not even what it is. But look us up on Patreon. Google search it. Yes, we have the most awesome message board and the most awesome group chat going on right now. You all find right, all good. three of us in three eight one zero seven. Yeah, yeah, we'll be hanging out. Evergreen District. We'll be drinking Coronas. Yeah, in, drinking in Coronas, living room. So. Um, Crosstown Concourse, kicking it. I'm headed there right now. Actually, all right. Everybody wants to meet up. They'll probably get us. You won't yeah. be there by the time this post, probably. <laughs> Guys. 
Thanks for joining me. This has been the the three faces of Flyer Chris blog official podcast. Um, shout out to the Flyer for 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 the work we've all done for them. Shout the out. work Anthony does now. Yes. Um, for oh, Cap- I didn't even mention that. Dude. Yeah, the Memphis Flyer. We talked about it. <laughs> no, as far as like about my stuff where you can find me. At. Yeah, Flyer Grizz blog. We talked about that, but on the site. Yeah, Beyond the Arc blog. Beyond the blog. Yeah, yeah. Beyond the Arc. Change, feel free to change the name of that too. Yeah, man. Yeah, just, that's I'm just name. going there and just start. I came up with it. It's, it's, it's not, yeah, but I'm about to talk to Bruce, man. That's Chris's name. I just kept it. Let it go. Let it oh, all yeah. go. I'm about to just change everything, bro. All right, we're gonna wrap this up for for <laughs> Kevin, for Anthony. Um, I'm Chris Harrington. This has been the Daily Memphis and Grizzlies podcast. Thanks to the OAM Network and Go Worth for hooking us up. Thanks to Natalie Chandler on the ones and twos. Subscribe to the site at dailymemphian.com. You can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Daily Memphian. And you can subscribe to this podcast and the rest of our podcasts wherever you get your pods, including iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. In-depth journalism in the Memphis community, The Daily Memphian is of Memphis, not just in Memphis, and seeks to tell the stories of this city. TheDailyMemphian.com. Truth in place.